When our best fur friends leave our world, many of us are left wanting one last scritch, one last hug, one last walk together. One Last Network is a space for pet guardians to honor their pets in their senior years and to cope with the days leading up to and after their passing. Here's your host, Angela Schneider, founder of One Last Network and Big White Dog Photography in Spokane, Washington. Hi, and welcome back to One Last Network. Thanks for listening. This week, I'm chatting with my good friend Stephanie Nellis of Positive Connection Dog Training in Spokane, Washington. I first met Stephanie two years ago when I wanted to spotlight local dog printers on my Big White Dog Photography blog. She was just about to embark on a new branch to her business, Hydrotherapy for Dogs. She has since completed construction of a hydrotherapy spa for dogs on her property, and she's using the pool to help physically compromised dogs get some gentle water activity. There's so much more to this story, though, including how one white boxer with degenerative myelopathy drives Stephanie's soul every day, and what it's been like to carry on since Bam left our physical world. Let's walk with Stephanie on that journey. Hi, Stephanie. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing really good. How are you? I am well, thank you. Why don't we get started by having you tell us a little bit about Stephanie and Positive Connection Dog Training in Spokane, Washington? Absolutely. So yeah, I have my company, Positive Connection Dog Training and Hydrotherapy, which came on later. Uh, I am in Spokane, Washington, and I'm a certified professional dog trainer. So Um, yeah, I have my own studio and I run classes and things have just been evolving, um, since I got started. Isn't that kind of like what we all do? And (laughs) we think we're on a path and then all of a sudden we veer off in another direction. So that's kind of me. Um, life, life is a fun kind of evolutionary path, isn't it? Absolutely. Seeing as how I went to college got my master's degree in education so I taught kindergarten and second grade and and now I'm with dogs all the time so who knew who knew I'd get here when we first met a couple of years ago um you met you told me about finding a common ground between teaching and dog training what's easier dogs or humans a thousand percent dogs. Oh, I'll take dogs over kids all day. Dog parents are different than parents of children. (laughs) Let's get real. So, but you know, there's so many, it was really a linear move as far as teaching the children to do something versus teaching the dogs to do something. So the way my methodology is exactly the same. It's exactly the same. I give just as much care and love, structure, step-by-step, research-based methods as I did with the children, as I do with the dogs. So as far as that's concerned, it's the same. I just don't have to do report cards, although I do not get summers off. So there's that. (laughs) So, you know, there's positive and negative. (laughs) And so you alluded to it already, but, but life is moving away from dog training. Um, And at the core of that whole side path, is is a boy named Bam. Um, yeah. Tell me about Bam yeah. and 
what it was like bringing him into your world. Sure. Well, you know, if we're really going there, the very beginning was Charlie. She was a little girl who came into my life. There was a picture on, um, she was a boxer and I'm involved in boxer rescue. They are my numero uno. They're my most favorite breed. And so there was a picture on this rescue that I'm affiliated with of this old lady boxer and they were looking for home with her. They said she was paralyzed and I just couldn't look away from it. I thought, oh my gosh, no one is going to take her. No one wants an old dog. No one wants one that's not mobile. And um, so she was in California at the time. And so I was like, oh, please, someone take her. Please, someone take her. And no one would take her. No one stepped up to foster her. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, now I've looked at it and I can't unsee it. So I guess it's me. If no one else is going to do it, it's me. <laughs> so they moved her up from California and she became a little rock star. She was really known in my little community and everybody loved her. And she had a condition called DM, degenerative myelopathy, which is very much like MS in people. And so she declined and she when I got her she couldn't her back end couldn't move at all so we got her a wheelchair right away and um she lived the best life they said she probably only had about two months left of life and she lived about two years later you know two years later then she died she was like oh no this is a good life I'm sticking around so this little girl hung on and she is the matriarch for pretty much everything that followed after. Everybody knows Charlie Girl. And um, she really made her place in the world of DM. And um, I thought this is, I'd never heard of degenerative myelopathy ever. Um, I thought this is a freak thing. This is freak. I'll never see this again. And I got rid of all of her stuff and whatnot. And um, so I had this boy... Bam, he is a white boxer and he was my boy. I mean, he was my dog. He was my baby. He was everything to me. And he had flunked out of a fighting ring and he also came from the rescue and I was his foster and he flunked out of a fighting ring and everyone was so scared of him. And he was such a love bug. He loved, that's why he flunked. He loved everyone. <laughs> thought you're terrible at this fighting thing but he was you know four or five years old and I tried as I might to find him a home I tried and tried and tried and I could not get him a home because I didn't realize he was home I did not know and so I ended up adopting him and he was my everything um we were just two peas in a pod and we were just always together and then surprisingly he started scuffing his back feet and that is the first stages of dm and i thought you've got to be joking me this is the thing like i'm going to experience this again i thought this unicorn charlie was the only one i was ever going to have and he declined into dm and that really brought me on a different journey um and it really changed the course of my career just having him and going through that experience once again I thought there's something to this and so then I 
hydrotherapy, my career in hydrotherapy was born because of him. And I wanted to give him quality of life till the very end and just give him his best life ever. And I wanted to get him swimming. And I took him to a couple of places in my local area. And it was just nothing like I envisioned that I wanted for him. He was stressed. And I thought, nope, I'm going to go out and create what I want for him. And so I went and got certified and I then started my journey building my own spa. Literally, I built it myself. So there was a lot of blood, sweat and tears through this whole project. But I always, always remembered my why. I was so strong in why I was doing it. It is what got me to the end of the project. And I opened up business and he was able to be in this warm water as much as he wanted to be. And um, now I'm able to do it for other dogs in my community. You, you took several months of your life. And um, at times I think you packed the dogs into an RV or something and, and spent Weeks at a time in Seattle learning how to be a hydrotherapist. Am I wrong? Yeah, there was there was that. I had to go across the state, yeah, in the Seattle area and go for my training. And I went multiple times. I actually, I really did a great, I was really good at it. Um, I used everything that I knew about dogs and I was really good at it. And so I was invited to come back and start some instructor training. So that meant several trips over to the other side of the state. And I thought, but BAM was, when you're dealing with a DM dog, there's a lot to consider. Um, There's a lot of care, like you're expressing their bladder um, and their bowels so they don't have accidents. And he was in a wheelchair. That was a lot for anyone, for me to ask anyone to do while I'm gone. I'm like, I'm, I'm leaving, take care of my compromised dog. Not to mention, I did not want to be away from him. I was very unhealthily attached to that boy. <laughs> like I loved him so much. Like it was a very unhealthy attachment, but. I think you're in a safe I, place. You're I think so. Place. I yeah. think I'm in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, well, I need a place to stay, but finding a place that I could bring dogs into for a week at a time was really difficult. And I thought, well, that's not going to stop me. So I had a friend who had this RV and I thought, well, I'll just go find a little spot to park an RV and I can take my dogs and bam, his wheelchair, I can pack everything up. But there was this one little Thing, this little issue about how I've never driven an RV before, ever. I've oh. never driven anything that I can't see out the back window. So I was really, really scared to do this, but I'm like, I other people have done this. So I got on all these, um, on these group pages of, they were like women living in RVs and I just hung on their coattails. I'm like, if these women can do this, and live out of these RVs and travel around the country. And it was little, it was this 20 foot RV. It was like a van, but I still was way freaked out about it. So I did lots of like practice runs and learning how to park. And I thought all I gotta do, even if I stay in just one lane, 
and I just tuck in behind a semi, I'll get there. I can go slow. I I don't know, but I've got to do this. And even the morning of, I almost backed out. I was so scared to drive this RV, (laughs) but I made it and it was fabulous. So there was a huge confidence builder in this. And um, I was able to be with my boy. We would just drive this to the spa that we were teaching at. And then I'd drive back to my campsite. He was with me constantly. And we did this over and over and over again, several different times. But it was fan-freaking-tastic. It was awesome. Oh, so road trips with dogs are the best. It's the best. It's yeah. the best thing. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And Granted, I mean, it was really nice because it was just us. So we could just lay out and he could be in the sun when I wasn't teaching. We'd we'd sit out in our chairs and it was just so lovely. And also it gave him quality of life in that there was new smells. And we went to the beach where in our area, we don't have beaches. Mm -hmm. So we went to the beach and he was in his wheelchair on the sand and I was able to give him that experience. So it was just as much for me to build my confidence, but also to give him other experiences and life. And we shared that together. And I will treasure that. I really will treasure that forever. That whole experience must have brought your connection to him to a whole different level. It really did. I, I just thought, yeah, I, didn't want to leave him behind. I thought, no, he's an extension of me. And it was important enough for me to take him with me that I learned things that absolutely scared me to death. It absolutely scared me to death to drive this RV. And I thought it was so worth it to me to learn and be scared and do it anyway, because I loved him so much. I wanted him with me. One of the things I've learned um, through my own journey with, with grief is that no tomorrow is ever guaranteed with anyone. It's not guaranteed for yourself. Mm -hmm. When you have a dog that has DM or any other kind of, um, immobilizing or degenerative disease, those days, those unguaranteed tomorrows become even less guaranteed. Um, What did that mean to you with Charlie and Bam to see that time was even more limited than it would have been with a healthier dog? Great question. Um, It was agonizing at times. It was really hard at times knowing that that was out there. And it was so magnificent at times knowing that it was out there. So with that, I was able to go, what do I want? How do I want to spend this time? What do I want to do? I saw that they made these backpacks for dogs to be in and they made it his size and he's he was about 60 pounds you know he was losing a lot of muscle mass but he was about I'd say about 55 55 pounds or so 
55, 60, somewhere in there. And I got this backpack for him. So I was able to go take him on adventures on my back because what happens with DM is that they lose their back end first and then it travels up to their front legs and then they're immobile. But at no point does their cognitive ability for it suffers. They are as bright till the end as they ever were. So he absolutely loved going out on hikes. And so we would go to on all these adventures and he would just be on my back and I would pack him around. And we went on this one hike and this gal, I went with a friend who was training to go on this backpacking trip sometime in this summer. And she's packing this 30 pound backpack and she's dying. And I'm like, I don't want to hear about it because I'm packing. Sorry. There's, there's a package being delivered. So so the naturally the dogs want to get excited about that. That happens in this house too. Yeah. And, but we're on this trip and she's just dying and she's complaining about her backpack. And I was like, oh, I don't even want to hear about it. I got a 60 pound dog on my back. Like, <laughs> are you joking me right now? You're carrying a sleeping bag and a couple of pans. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. Come on. And yeah. And he like can, he, his weight shifts around a little bit and I'm like, that's really hard when you're trying to like walk on snow and ice. And so it was, it was just so amazing. And I enjoyed it so much being able to be, I was grateful to be fit enough to be able to carry him on my back. And I was just so grateful. And I just have videos and the memories and the feeling of just being together. We were just experiencing the outdoors together and it was magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. So we got those gifts, but don't get me wrong. I cried buckets and buckets, especially as it got closer to time. Um, It was planned. Um, I had a date. I planned it once I knew that I could not provide him quality of life, that he was tired. Um, so it there was a date. And as that date got close, it definitely increased the level of difficulty for me. Um, so I was trying to remember he's still in front of me and stop anticipating the end. And that was a practice of just self. I had to remind myself and bring myself back to, I am here in the now with him. I had an idea that Bam was fading quickly. Um, And we met. You didn't tell me that you had the day booked. No. (laughs) <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't even know at the time. So what happened was, yeah, I had called, I had messaged you saying, I want to get a photo session in and you were going to be traveling. And I was like, oh, nope, we need to do this like right away. Like I'd like to get in because you said I have this time. I'm like, yep, I'm going then. Yeah. Because I knew, I didn't think I could wait until you were back. There was a time period that I was like, I don't know if he'll be around. And I want to get in just one last photo shoot of him. There was it was so important to me, as many photos as I can get of this dog I wanted. And yeah, so at that time, I don't think the date was set. I believe we had met on a Friday or something. And I think it was that Tuesday after that 
I was making phone calls, but I knew it was coming. Um, I knew too, like I say, I knew too. um, I knew that was going to be our last one and that was really hard. So I was really anxious about going to the photo shoot because I knew it was the last one and I didn't want it to be. And um, I had a huge cry session afterwards because I knew that was the last one. So, ah, here I go. But I was like, nope, I did it. I knew I needed to do it and got it done. It was a special morning. It was a really special morning. It was for me, for us, it was really special. Yeah. And so now um, when you look at those, when you look at those um, photos that we made together, what goes through your mind? What, what do those, what do those photos mean to you? It means I will help other people have what I had with him. I will help them get there. I see that. And I'm like, I want that for everyone. I, I see it. And I just, I loved this dog so much. Um, he did so much for me. Um, and there's no way around it. There's no way when you're caring for someone. Um, cause I lost my mother to cancer and I cared with my sister for her to the end and then caring for Bam until the end. And there was so much similarity between those experiences and that there's no way possible that you are not going to have a level of intimacy that is very deep. It's unlike other losses that I've had because you are, there's so much togetherness. My days revolved around him. Mm-hmm. I'm changing his diaper. I wouldn't be away from him if I had to go teach for very long. Or I'd tell my significant other, you know, Warren, like, when are you going to be home? Because you got, you know, I got to schedule this because Bam can't be, he needs to be flipped. So he doesn't get any sores. There was just, it was all consuming, but I loved it. And so looking at those photos it really ignites me to help other people who have dogs with DM that they agonize at the moment that their dogs start knuckling They're They can't pick their foot up all the way. So their knuckles drag across the ground. And they, I see on these group pages that they go, I, my dog is suffering. I got to put them down right away. And I mean, I had three more years with BAM from the point that he started knuckling. I had three good years with him that he was happy and it wasn't about me. I did not keep him around for me. And I always kept that at the forefront of my brain to go, this is for him. I am going to make it quality of life. And when he says, I am not living my quality of life, I will make the phone call because it's not about me. And So the photos, just every time I look at them, I fall in love with him again when I just over and over and over again. And it really ignites me. I'm like, everyone should have a moment to feel this way with the dog. Everyone should have this opportunity because it's, it's a love that can never be replaced. It is a love that can't be matched so yeah that's what those photos do you capture 
of the level of intimacy in these photos. And that is why I use you. It's I don't want these studio photos. I don't want I want outside. I want it to be organic. I want it to be natural and, you know, but you capture that. And I can use these to show other people to go look at what is possible. You got pictures of him in the backpack. Like, look at what is possible to give them quality of life. I will honor him. I will carry his memory forward. My favorites are when you're looking at each other and not at me. Um, Yeah. Because those are authentic moments people share with me that make me feel very privileged to do what I do. I see this in your photos often. Um, And it's what makes it, it's the, oh, it's the magic. It's the sparkle. It's the spice. It's the, it's what makes it good. It's there's photos. And then there's photos that have the, that special factor to it. Cause there's there. And, there's photographers all over. There are dime a dozen. No offense. I mean, I'm a dog trainer. There's dog trainers all over. Dime a dozen. But they're not all the same. And that's why I refer people to you. Likewise. It's just like you, there's just this it factor to it. There's this, yeah. And that's what you capture in the photos. And and it it's what I love to share to go look at what is possible. Look at what is possible out there. Look what you could have with your dog. So it's it's still very fresh for you. It's only been a few weeks. Are you okay? Yeah. Um, in the interest of education, I feel, um, I'd like to be full disclosure uh, in that um, I was really not okay the first week. I was really... We're not talking suicidal. So when I say really not okay, I am not referring to being suicidal, but really depressed. I was crying like at every turn. I could not stop, which it actually turned out to be such a gift in that I did not have to teach classes because I'm like, I am not going to be able to compose myself for my classes. But all my students know that um, that he had expired and so I had this week planned from January. I was trying to do be better at self-care. It all happened at the same time that this week that I had planned, he expired. I got this week to just get into the grief. Like, let's not try to avoid it because it will seep out of your crevices. Mm-hmm. The more you try to hold it in, it's like water. <laughs> water will make its way out some way somehow you it's like holding water in your bare hands there's nowhere for you to keep it (laughs) there's nowhere for you to keep it it will seep out your cracks and if it sees a crack it's coming you know and I thought no let's get into this let's do it let's cry all the tears let's do it and I did and um but like I said it's this is different for me um I have put dogs down not as a badge of honor I just have because I'm in this world of rescue um I have put many dogs down and I do cry on everyone I do feel for every one of them this is different this was my soul dog and um 
it was a different experience. And so I also had to, it was, I was grieving for him, but also my day-to-day routine changed immensely. I did not, I was like, what do I do with myself? I don't have a dog to carry out to express him or go, do you need water? Should I fix your food? I mean, I don't cook at all, but I was making food for that dog. Like I was like a chef on iron chef. Like I was making food (laughs) while I was boiling top ramen for myself or my human Warren was making me food. Cause he's like, you're not going to eat or like, you'll eat just whatever. So he's like, I'll make your meal while you're making Bam's meal. And I'm like, yep. Because I loved him completely. I'm like, it's worth it to me to make your food kid. But I had to figure out what I was doing with myself and my time. And I was like, oh, my alarm went off on my phone. Take Bam out to go potty. So if I got lost on a project, my alarm came on and that wasn't turned off. So that day my alarm went off to say, take Bam out to go potty. And it was like, oh my gosh, I don't have him to, you know, what do I do with myself? So that was an adjustment. And I mean, I'm tearful as I'm talking to you now. There was just, totally. uh, it's going to be something that is going to have to heal that departure is just going to have to heal and that will just take time and I will always talk about him fondly he was I mean I'm tattooing him on my body like I love this dog he was so monumental for me and so that's something I don't get over right away and but there's no shame in the crying and there's no shame in sharing the story and you know If I cry and if someone asks me and I get tearful and they have a problem with it, you're just not my people. Mm -hmm. You're not my people. You don't understand. And that's okay. Um, There are my people who love their dogs. They have their soul dogs and they're like, I get you. And I'm like, great, because you're my people. But I decided I, I will, if I cry in the middle of the grocery store, I cry in the middle of the grocery store because been there, I done that. Pass the asparagus, and that's what I used to buy for him to make his food. Like I get, I will cry when I see asparagus. It's just the way it's going to be, and just stop with the judgment. Stop with the trying not to cry. Crap! I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. Bring I'm gonna it. cry, cry. I'm gonna do the ugly stuff too. Like totally. bring it, like beat the bring spot. it all. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. grief makes the people in our world who aren't experiencing the grief, very uncomfortable. It does. Um, it one, does. Of, one, of, one of my, one of my teachers, as I, as I learned through my own journey with grief, David Kessler says that, you know, um, grief needs to be witnessed in, you know, like we, we need to be validated in our grief. And yet we are so isolated because we live in a grief illiterate society Um, but you know, I, I hid myself from the world when, when Shep died in 2014, I isolated myself. I crawled into a little hole. I found myself doing the same thing when my mom died in January, but, um, at the same time, I was still like, Hey, you know what? My mom just died. Piss off. Leave me alone. 
kind of thing. You know, I, I very much go into a, a, a state of self um, flagellation, maybe, I don't know, but, um, um, but I found myself this time being okay with starting to ball my eyes out while I'm standing at the garden center, trying to pick mm -hmm. out my seedlings mm -hmm. because, you know, every spring I would call my mom and tell her about what I planted in the garden. Right. I can't do that this year. And you can't do that this year. It's just starting this new life, this new chapter without them. And that takes some, you're getting all these firsts out. Yeah. First time I'm planting a garden and I don't have her to call. Like that's all these firsts you have to experience. Yep. And I found too, what I kept trying to tell myself is I was really concerned with people saying, but it's just a dog. Like, why are you depressed when it's just a dog? And I, when I had, I felt I had a little bit more permission when I said my mom died. But when I said, well, my dog died and they're like, uh-huh. And you're like, yeah, but you don't know this dog. This was, this was a special dog. And they're like, but it's just a dog. And I'm like, well, now I'm kind of throat punch you. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, better damn but, not say that to me. Uh-uh. Right. Yeah. Uh -uh. Like, oh, you don't get it. And so also saying it might just be a dog to other people, but he was not just a dog to me. And I'm not going to apologize for getting into this. And, um, yeah. and, you know, and just a funny note, you were talking about being at the garden center. Um, I have to share that, you know, after my mom died, my sister still reminds me of the time that I called her bawling. I was in a store, a grocery store. I called her absolutely hysterical. I was standing in the ice cream section and I was crying because I wanted to get ice cream, but I didn't know between these two kinds. And I had purchased both of them and I was like bawling because I had bought two containers of ice cream. And she's like, and, and why I was so upset by that, but it was like, I was so in the throes of grief that that just, I couldn't make a decision. And so I just bought both of them. And it's like, it seems so menial now, but I'm like, oh, I was really having a hard time. <laughs> I could not make a decision. I was in the throes of grief. And so it kind of reminds me of that, like losing it in public, like, mm, it doesn't feel so good. But as we get older, we learn it doesn't matter. And, and yet I will celebrate you buying both kinds of ice cream because ice cream, because ice cream. And that's funny. Cause I just, um, I've been talking with someone who's one of my hydrotherapy clients. Cause often I get, um, older dogs coming for comfort care and there's a little girl, Roxy who comes and Roxy has been diagnosed with a form of cancer and her mom is having a really hard time with that right now. Rightfully so. And she said, all I want to do is sit in a puddle and eat ice cream. And I was like, absolutely, you should do, do the things, get in the puddle, eat the whole ice cream. Don't put it in a bowl. I mean, eat straight out of the carton. Do it. Share and it with Roxy. Share it with Roxy. I was like, do the things. And that it's like, yes, let's just wrap around you and go, 
you're going to do them anyway. So why don't we just acknowledge you're going to do the things anyway and just celebrate that? This isn't your normal behavior. That's fine. Let's just do the things, whatever gives you comfort in this moment, because you're just trying to keep your head above water. You're just trying to survive in this really icky, icky time. Mm -hmm. So she is going to be in the puddle and eat ice cream. So as you move forward with Bam in your heart, Mm There's a whole new purpose to what you're doing, not just with dog, dog training and hydrotherapy. There is a whole new level to your business that's coming on stream. Tell us about that. Yeah. So this really inspired me because I loved caring for him so much um, that I actually have two dog, two more dogs in my house that have DM, but I did so much research. I did everything to make sure that his life was the best that it could possibly be, that there was nothing I wouldn't do for him. And I did so much research and tried so many products and I know so much about this. And I also did a lot. I took my dog training and I put it to use for DM. We think of dog training as just being, you know, coming when called and sit and stay. But this, you know, Bam could not move. He was not mobile. But again, his brain was fully functional. And so while he was with me, I did lots of mental stimulation for him. He learned to do some skills like open a book or he learned um, to put his chin in the palm of my hand when asked and keep it there, or he learned to do these um, nose work games. He couldn't move, but I was able to find enough skills that did not require movement for him, and he learned them all after he was compromised. So again, his brain function was full force. And he learned them all brand new things to him and he slept better. He was not depressed. He was not anxious. He was never agitated. He had such quality of life till the end. And I'm on these group pages and I see so much talk about dogs suffering from anxiety after losing their ability to walk or they seem depressed or they're not eating. but yet they medically check out. They So they might be depressed or lots of barking with dogs. And I thought, oh, this might be a gift that Bam gave me, the ability, the knowledge to share this with other people, to say, I can help you here. And I searched to see if there were other resources out there and there's nothing. There's nothing out there for people who have dogs with DM And I thought, oh, because that's me. I'm something, I'm the thing. And I need to go out there and share all of this. And so that is what I am doing. I have created DM University and to offer education and support It's and celebration. It's not just people putting in lots of opinions or pictures of their dogs, which are lovely. But I want lots of content to go, how can we make their lives better? How can I make your life as a human better? 
here's some things that can help you and here's some things that can help your dog and give lots of education for these people dealing with dogs with DM. And so I've really embarked on this. I really want to help others as their dogs decline from this disease. All, all the while, you know, contributing to the research that's being done to eliminate the disease completely. Wow. So, yeah. Similar to dog training, it's probably 85 to 90% about teaching and supporting the human than it is about getting a dog to sit, isn't it? Absolutely. It is just so important to make it doable, uh, to make it step-by-step easy. Our lives are so busy right now. It's like, this doesn't need to be one more thing. I don't want the dog to feel like a burden to you. And there are ways in which we can structure our life or the games are simple. Three minutes of your time. Three minutes is all. That's all it takes is three minutes. And your dog will be like, oh man, I need a nap. And they will sleep so peacefully just sawing logs. And you will look at them and you will have a million photos on your phone because you'll just start snapping a sleeping dog phone (laughs) because it's beautiful. And the people will feel so much better knowing that they're giving their dog quality of life. I think there's a lot of anxiety wrapped up in, and and these dogs, when they start knuckling, many, many people will put their dogs down at that time. Mm -hmm. And this is no space for judgment. I understand that. Again, I am fit enough to put a dog in a backpack and be able to go hiking with him. Not everyone is. And that doesn't make it right or wrong. That's Mm -hmm. just how it is. And so I wanted to make games that anyone can do from a person not being mobile can still play these games with their dog. But there's a lot of care that goes in with these dogs. And how can I make that easier for people dealing with this disease, with their dogs with this disease? And that was really important to me and to go, not everyone is on the same path. And I understand that we all have choices to make. And if I can help, I will. And so you went out and found yourself um, a new little love bug to (laughs) (laughs) support in her journey on DM. Yeah, there was a... Um, I I sent out a message to the president of the rescue that I'm affiliated with. And I said, hey, you know, because boxers are notorious for having DM as are German shepherds and corgis. They also have a propensity to have this disease. But with the boxer rescue, I said, hey, you know, we have people contacting the rescue to take their dogs all the time. I mean, many, many requests every single day. And I said, well, if anyone comes across it as DM, let me know. Well, it only took a hot second for all of a sudden I got a message back going, oh, we have one. And this little girl's in California. I'm in Washington state. So this little girl's in California and her 94 year old owner was going into assisted living and they were looking for placement for her. She is about 10 years old and I know it must have been absolutely heartbreaking. His life changed going into an assisted living plus giving up his dog just really, really hard. I I just can only imagine. And she was transported up to Washington via 
basically Pony Express. One person took a leg and then they'd meet up with the next driver. And then that driver drove a little bit and then met up with the next driver. And she made her way up in one, one day. I mean, they motored, got her up to watch. Oh, everybody drove consistently. Got her up here to me. Um, her name is Holly. She's Grandma Holly. And I had Bam's wheelchair already. And I thought, perfect. So I got it all outfitted and sized to her. So she's walking in her wheelchair. She's got a whole new lease on life. She didn't have a wheelchair before. She was really dragging her hind end. And so got her in the wheelchair. And she's just as easy going as ever. I absolutely am smitten with her. Um, she, I'm, she has a lot of things coming her way. I've got, she's already gaining a following of people who uh, want to support her. And, um, she's just as happy as can be. She goes walking in her wheelchair and, um, she's really happy, but also where she's at in her stage of development, I'm able to do lots of videotaping to show others. If your dog is in this stage, here are things you can do with them and things to prepare them for, how to get them used to a wheelchair so they walk as easily as she does in it. Because mm -hmm. um, it, it gets a whole new lease on life. I mean, she just motors in that wheelchair. So she's perfectly mobile in it. And how do you have access to wheelchairs? There's lots of, there's organizations that will rent them to you. And you give them back when your dog expires. It's like, do you have this information? Let me help you. And so anyway, she's just kind of the apple of my eye right now. And it's full steam ahead with Grandma Holly. And she's fitting in well with the pack, Emmy and, and Annika. Yeah, everybody loves, she doesn't care about anyone. They don't care about her. They're, she just, as if she's always been here, she just resides on the couch and that's her spot. And that's it. And, um, even Warren, um, who was like, Oh my gosh, you got another DM dog. And now who was this morning going, Oh, who's a good girl. Who's my good girl. I'm like, you are such a sucker. So he gives me a hard time bringing these DM dogs in. And then he is like, Oh, did grandma Holly get this? Did grandma Holly get that? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you are so soft. <laughs> so she is loved by everyone. That's fantastic. Yeah, I know she's in the right place to get their, her best life now. Yeah, just to the end. And also what I'm trying to do too, because I just envision how hard it was for her owner um, that I'm getting their, that contact information so I can send him photos, I can send him video um, and he can get updates on her because it was just, it was really heartbreaking. And so I just want to give some, a little light into his world too. So anyway, so she's going to be keeping in contact with her dad. That's wonderful. Where can we find DM university? DM university is on Facebook. It is a private group. So you just ask to join. You will see bam. He's a white boxer in his wheelchair on displayed on the page. And then, um, I will approve you into the group. Cool. Yeah, you can always um, contact me too via www.positiveconnectiondogtraining. Um, you can email me through that as well. Perfect. Is there anything that you'd like to mention that we haven't chatted about? Oh, we have really, really covered a lot in this, but I just want everyone who has a dog right now to just go and love on them and give them a kiss like right now. You can just right now, go do it. <laughs> Okay, gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you, Stephanie. It has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Well, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Um, like I said, I just want to carry Bam's spirit on and I just am grateful that you gave me this opportunity to talk about him. So thank you. If you follow me at all on Big White Dog Photography, you know one of my core beliefs is that dogs are our greatest teachers. They ever so gently guide us toward our true purpose. But we have to be open to the possibility and be ready to live more in the moment with them. That's what Stephanie did. Bam showed her the potential to help other humans whose dogs have degenerative myelopathy. Indiana University is how Stephanie is honoring her boy's memory every day and finding meaning and purpose in her own every day. Next week, ah, by the way, we're going weekly now. We're going to have a roundtable discussion with some of our member photographers at One Last Network. We're all going to talk about our approach to end-of-life pet photography sessions and why it's so important to us to offer this service. I'm Angela Schneider, owner of Big White Dog Photography in Spokane, Washington, and your host at One Last Network, signing off to go get some Bella Snuggles. Listen to One Last Network on whichever podcast platform you prefer. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. Don't forget to hit follow or subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you have a friend who might be interested in our content, make sure you share us with them. Thanks for listening.